If you are a faithful steward of God's resources, you know that God requires the first fruits of our increase. Tithing is a critical aspect of stewardship, but the question is, how are you managing the 90% God entrusts to you? Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to teach on this subject. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. That's right. I was pastoring when church, church couldn't give me nothing. That's right. We started back over there, uh, at, uh, back in uh, YMCA. The church was so tiny. Oh, my goodness. That's a whole story by itself. We didn't even have an offering tray for that first service. I had to pass my hat around as the offering plate to take up the first offering. See, sometimes people see where you are, but they don't know where you start. You know, they're, 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 you, didn't, you didn't see me when I was getting that mop, mopping at St. Joseph's Hospital downtown Houston, all the floors, 15, 20 floors, and I put the bucket and mopping the floor. You didn't see me working in the periodical section of Texas Southern University so I can do on that work, work study program to get myself through. You didn't see me when I worked for $1.65 an hour at Lewis and Coco over in the Heights and was glad to get that little dollar tip working. $1.65? These kids got it good now. What is, what is what's the wage for kids now? $7.50? If I had $7.50 back then, I'd have been shouting all the way to, to glory. <laughs> Seven fifty. Oh, I made a dollar sixty-five, and some of y'all made less than me. Some of y'all older than me. Don't look at me like you. You, I know you won't think folk. You, you don't want folk think you that old, but you old. (laughs) If you made less than me, that's just saying you older than me. (laughs) Somebody, well, I just stop giving until they do right. You just stop. You, matter of fact, you die. The church not gonna stop. (laughs) God will run right on over you. You better get your attitude right. God, God don't, God don't need you. Some of y'all think God, God got to help me. I, I, he make, I, I hold back. You hold back if you want to. Ananias and Sapphira gonna hold back. <laughs> the, the, the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God. John 14, 25 through 26 says these things. I've spoken uh, to you while being present with you, but the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Listen, the Holy Spirit, say Holy Spirit. Some of y'all haven't said that so long until it's rusty. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity and is as much God as is God the Father and the Son. God the Father is God. Son and the Holy Spirit, co-equal, that's right, co-eternal. The Holy Spirit is omniscient, omniscient. And that means he knows all. There's nothing the Holy Spirit doesn't know. The Holy Spirit is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. That means that he's everywhere present. He's at work here in Japan, in Germany, in Asia, Africa. He's everywhere The Holy Spirit is a gift from God to us. He is involved in the process of regeneration, regeneration, which is the new birth. He's involved in the new birth, regeneration, which is the new birth. Titus 3, 5 says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works in salvation. At conversion, the Holy Spirit seals the believer, indicating a finished transaction, which means the work of salvation is complete. He does the work. 
in the heart. Being sealed by the Holy Spirit also refers to Christ's authority and ownership of believers because we are his purchased possession. Let me say it again. Being sealed, some of you haven't heard this because you're new or you haven't heard it in a long time. The Holy Spirit is a sealer. Being sealed by the Holy Spirit also refers to Christ's authority and ownership of believers because we are his purchased possession, which makes our salvation secure to the day of our redemption. The sealing of the Spirit is also the believer's guarantee of the complete fulfillment of God's promise to us. The Holy Spirit in us is a down payment deposit. He's the guarantee that God is going to do all that he said he's going to do with us and through us. That God is going to fulfill all of his promises that he has made to the believer. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14 it says, in him, referencing Christ, you also so trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee. That word is guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit also provides guidance. He provides guidance. John 16, 13 says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. How many of y'all need divine guidance? The Holy Spirit guides you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. That's powerful. The Holy Spirit provides instructions. He will instruct you the way you should go. If you listen to the Holy Spirit, uh, Luke 12, 12 says the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour, what you ought to say. Have you ever talked to somebody and you didn't know what to say? You know, and I, I counsel people and they, they had a story or testimony or something going through and they want me to give them a word of wisdom. I say, oh God, I don't know how to answer this person. And I'm praying in my spirit, please, in the name of Jesus, give me Holy Spirit a word when they stop talking. And you know what? In that hour, the Holy Ghost will give you what to say to the child, to your enemy to your family, to that cantankerous brother or sister or that in-law or whoever's in your life. The Holy Spirit will give you a word at that hour. And finally, the Holy Spirit empowers us to do the work of ministry to the glory of God. You Listen, you can do the work of God two ways. You can do it in the flesh or you can do it in the spirit. But you get a whole lot more done in the power of the Holy Spirit. A good lesson can be taught in the flesh. A good sermon can be taught in the flesh uh, because the power is in the word. But how much more could be done if it was in the power and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Acts 1a says, but you shall receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me, Jesus, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. People say, well, look, they want some people, we go to Sam's, a ministry homeless, go to the prison, go to the jail, go to the nursing home. But you know why we go far away places to Africa, India, and Philippines, and all these places? Because they need Jesus too. They need Jesus too. And by the way, 
God has allowed a whole lot. You some of y'all say, well, I don't want to travel that way, that, that far, and I got arthritis, and I got all kind of ailments, and I can't stand that. I, I don't know. I can't eat that diet. Well, I tell you what, now God has bought all them folk right in your neighborhood, right on your job. The whole world has come to America. And you know what? They come here, and they bring their religions with them. Now, you can give them Jesus. So you didn't have to go way over there. Now they're right next door. Islam is right next door, right across the street. Right in your classroom, right? They all, oh, now, now what you going to do? You don't have to go to Middle East. Middle East has come to you. Number six, God has given us forgiveness. Forgiveness. Uh, Psalms 130 verses three and four says, if you, Lord, kept a record of sins. Oh, my goodness. This just got me every time. I can't read this enough. I really can't keep. I can't read this one enough. I can't. If you, Lord, kept a record of sin, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness so we can, with reverence, serve you. You really can't serve God until you've been forgiven. And what if God kept a record and never forgave you, even when you repented? You're talking about hopeless and despair if God kept a record. But you know what's so amazing? God has forgiven you, and God is no longer keeping a record on you because you pleaded the blood of Jesus, but you turn around as a saved person and you hold folk hostage. Oh, praise God. Hey, praise God when we confess, the word is confess, our sins and plead the blood of Jesus over them. He totally forgives and keeps no record of our sins. Also, if you desire to be forgiven, then you must be willing to forgive others. You say, Lord, forgive me, but you don't want to forgive the person who hurt you, wronged you, did you in, then you won't, don't expect to be forgiven. Matthew chapter six, verses 14 and 15 says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly father forgive your trespasses. Being forgiven clears the way for effective service to Christ. Being forgiven clears the way for effective service to Christ. The scripture says in Psalms 103 verses 3 and 4a, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction. If it weren't for the forgiveness of God, we'd be destroyed. Forgiveness uh, keeps you from self-destructing. Forgiveness Keep you from self-destructing through bitterness and anger. Keep you from self-destructing through bad attitudes, revenge. Putting yourself in a self-imprisonment and holding people hostage in your court for what they did for you back in 1990. Number seven, gift. Peace is a gift from God. Peace is a gift from God. John 14, uh, John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world give do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let, let me tell you something. You know what peace is? Let me tell you what it is so you can get it. Peace is the inner tranquility and rest which comes from abiding, remaining in Christ, living in Christ, resting in Christ. In a world that is filled with unrest, turmoil, confusion, anger, hatred, and revenge, only Christ, the Prince of Peace, can provide rest for those who are weary of heart, exhausted. Some of you are stressed and some of you are restless in your spirit. 
But I declare today that the Prince of Peace is able to give you peace. You know what? Joy is a gift from God. Number eight, joy is a gift from God. John 15, 11 says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. How many want to be full of joy? That's your joy. He said, I, 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 I will make your joy full. Let me tell you what joy is. Let me tell you what joy is so you can want more of it. Joy is a deep-seated pleasure. A delight of the mind and inner divine gladness of heart that comes from abiding in Christ and is not based on circumstances. It comes from an intimate relationship with Jesus who is the source and object of the believer's joy. So when Jesus is the source of your joy, the object of your joy, uh, when you realize that it's, it's joy is a deep-seated pleasure, a delight of the mind, an inner divine gladness of heart that comes from abiding in Christ and is not based on circumstances, it is from an intimate relationship with Jesus who is the source and object of the believer's joy. Now, that ought to make you want some joy. You ought to be praying for joy. What robs us of our joy? What robs us of our joy? Challenging circumstances, such as marital strife, rebellion, uh, children, uh, poor health, financial instability, workplace conflict, ill motives, and negative attitudes will those are challenging circumstances. Uh, people will rob you of your joy. You got some joy snatchers or some joy robbers. I tell you, they make you miss joy snatcher. You got joy. You know, people through gossip, backbiting, bullying, being two faced, emotionally needed, selfishness and negativity. You know what robs you of your joy? Covetousness. Not satisfied. Always want what somebody else has. Uh, We are sure to lose our joy if we desire the material possession, status, popularity, power, prestige, fame, and money of others. This will also cause us to have a competitive spirit, such as keeping up with the Joneses. No offense if your name is Jones. I'm not talking about you. Okay? Keeping up with the Joneses, which will result in a spirit of discontentment and financial bondage. What will rob you of your joy? Worry. People worry about their finances, family, spouse, children, relationships, lack of employment, health, aging, death, future, future, and things we cannot control. Satan can use all of these things I mentioned to cause you to lose your joy and spirit of giving financially, which results in a loss of blessings for you. Number nine, God has given us the gift of mercy. Ephesians 2, 4 says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Mercy. You know what mercy is? Oh, y'all said, God, give me some mercy. Let me tell you what it is. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Did you get that? Mercy is God. Listen, I need a whole lot of mercy. Oh, God, I thank you for not giving me what I deserve. We should rejoice. The word is rejoice in the God of our salvation because of his great mercy toward us in that he didn't give us what we deserve, which is divine chastening, eternal judgment and damnation. If he gave us what we deserve, none of us would be sitting or standing here today. And number 10, the gift of grace is what God has given us. Ephesians 2, 8 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that 
of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of work, lest anyone should boast. Grace. You know what grace is? Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. (laughs) Grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. All of our undeserved physical and spiritual blessings are because of God's amazing grace. When you think about how God given you what you don't deserve, you don't deserve nothing. I don't deserve anything. And from salvation on is amazing grace. Number 11, uh, salvation is a gift from God and can only be received through Jesus Christ alone. Uh, uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, again, I just got to quote it again for the, look, look, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself. Underline this, park right here. It is the gift of God. Salvation is a gift from God. For God so loved the world that he gave the greatest gift in all, all of creation, his beloved son. You know, and, 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 and he is the only way to heaven. You say, how do I know that? Because of what the scriptures say. Well, can you tell me what the scripture says? Yes, I can. Isaiah 45, 22 says, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4, 12 says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other way but Jesus. And if you don't have Jesus, you are going to die and bust hell wide open. Jesus Christ rescued us through the shed blood, uh, his own shed blood. Let me tell you something. A gracious God has provided salvation through Jesus Christ because he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Oh, I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad Stalin is dead. Oh, 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 angels, let's throw a party. Hitler's gone. Oh, oh no, no, no. No, no. Saddam Hussein is, oh no. Some of y'all, y'all just can't wait till your enemy die. Ezekiel 18, 23, 30 and 32 says, do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his way and live? Therefore, I will judge, O house of Israel, everyone according to his way, says the Lord. Repent and turn from all your transgressions so that iniquity will not be your ruin. Sin will ruin and destroy you. Look look at verse 32. For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord. Therefore, turn and live. You ought to not wish anybody dead. I know that I know they've done some bad stuff, some horrible stuff. I mean, I think about that doctor that gave all those innocent folk cancer treatments when they didn't have cancer. You know that doctor? You, I mean, but you can look at that and say, man, that is as sick as you can get. But you know what? If that man were to die, God wouldn't be glad he's gone and glad he's going to spend all eternity in hell. And by the way, thank you, Holy Ghost. The worst thing you can tell a person is go to hell. That's the worst thing you can tell a person. You cold. You cold. Now, I know you've been hurt. I know they've, ooh, they've, they've, oh, they, they've done you in. I, 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 who hasn't been done in? Who haven't been kicked in the rear? Who hasn't been hurt? I heard one lady who has cancer and had a tumor in the brain. 
She said, Pastor Draper, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live. Uh, You know what else? Number 12, heaven is a gift. Oh, you know, I'm getting through now when I get to heaven. Heaven's a gift. Heaven is where God dwells and is the place of our eternal home. The scripture says in John 14, 1, 2, and 3, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house and many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Where is he? In heaven. The scripture also says in Revelation 21, 2 and 3, Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. Look here. God himself will be with them and be their God. Heaven is where God is. God makes heaven heaven. Therefore, instead of laying up treasures and stockpiling earthly possessions in a world which is temporal, the word is temporal and passing away, we should lay up treasures in heaven to enjoy them with our Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. The scripture says in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where, underline this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Beloved, if you really want to know where your heart is, just look at your bank statement and your checkbook ledger. You don't support a child, an orphan, All you see on your bank statements is Dillard's, Macy's, Penny's, that's right, Academy, huh? All those, uh uh, Papados, Red Lobster, Olive Garden, eating yourself to death. But nothing to the church, nothing to the kingdom. Listen, look, that, that shows you where your heart is, and it will reveal. What you truly treasure, surrender your life and earthly possessions to Jesus and allow him to be Lord of your life. It is far better to lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven because when you die, you will take absolutely nothing with you. That's why you ought to lay your treasures up in heaven. When you die, you will take absolutely, say absolutely, say absolutely nothing. You will take absolutely nothing with you. The scripture also says in Job 121, let me just show you, you're not going to take nothing. And he said, naked I came. You didn't come here with clothes on, with glasses, a ring. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I came from my mother's womb. I hear you rattling up there. And (laughs) and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. First Timothy 6, 7 says, for we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we we can carry nothing out. Psalms 49, 17 says, for when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Ecclesiastes 5, 15 says, and he came from his mother's womb naked. You didn't come in with shoes on, a diamond ring, a little little something on your ear. You didn't come in with a tattoo on you. You came in here buck naked. 
as he came from his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came, and he shall take nothing. Say nothing. Say it again. Say it again. And he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hands. As I conclude, listen to me closely. How sad it is when a child of God lives for himself only to leave this world taking absolutely nothing with him or her. When he or she enters heaven, he has nothing to lay at the feet of Jesus simply because he failed to lay up his treasures in heaven while living on earth. My friend, there are two ways you can live your life. You can either live it selfishly, letting everything be about you and your wants and your desires, or you can live selflessly as you give of yourself generously to God, to your family and others. Which life or which way will you live your life? And all God's children said, let's pray. Father, we went through all those blanks and you spoke and it was clear. Father, etch this message in our hearts and help us to repent of our negligence when it comes to our stewardship of giving. In Jesus' name and all God's children said. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaSA.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity.